I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. All right, so the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And with the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. You know, it's the king of sports books, it's Nevada's premier sports betting app as well. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. Go in-game with the betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download BetMGM in the app. You can go to BetMGM.com, but the app's awesome today. And stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID here in Nevada and open your account within minutes. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. And if you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, like I said, Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in a snow. It's a snow globe. If you look outside the windows right behind his, sho- right behind his shoulder, it is, it's a snow globe. But we've got to cover it. Hey, your, your, your home hookup is awesome, man. It's coming in good. It really is. It's coming in good. You've got a good situation, you know. Uh, got to love the, uh, the, the the advance of technology. So it worked out. I'm happy that it did. And I love Carl Johnson. I mean, who can't get enough of Carl Johnson? And I love the fact that he's got some props that I, I seem to like a lot. And I think there's yesterday when I did Christopher Russo's Mad Dog show, we went over some props. And and I, I think the other one that I really liked was Kittle over four and a half catches, Patrick. I thought that was a really good play. Because uh, I think if they're going to win, they've got to get the ball to Kittle. I mean, if Kittle walks off that field with four catches, that, then they didn't do a good job of scheming him the football. Yeah, and you nailed it. I just want to reiterate what Carl's got as far as his props. Jamar Chase, he's going to yeah. go over the five and a half as far as receptions. Jimmy G, he talked about it's two and a half. His rushing total set at two and a half. Uh, remember, sacks do go against that. Uh, Burrow interceptions set at a half. I, maybe we could start there. Then we'll get into San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, his total set at a half. So one or more wins he the bet there as far as picks from Burrow. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a game about pressure, right? This is a game about, you know, how do we want to play this? Cincinnati was fortunate in that they were able to match make some big plays. I mean, the last time they played this game in Cincinnati, they fell behind 14 to nothing. They made a big play down the field. He threw a curl pattern into zone coverage and chase took it to the house. Then they go down 21 to seven and they come back and he catches another they blow of coverage and cover two. And it's a, it's a touchdown 21, 14, that's 28, 14 at the half. And then all of a sudden, you know, they got their offense going another deep ball 
And then they were able to control the clock at the end of the fourth quarter where the Chiefs really didn't get the football. And they benefited from Ron Tolbert. Let's be real clear here. I mean, Ron Tolbert's crew that day missed, especially in the red zone, when I thought Zach Taylor was taking some really difficult chances, you know, on fourth down, not kicking the field. But it worked out. Got a couple beneficiary holding calls in the end zone, Patrick. And then, obviously, they missed the false start, which the false start would have put the ball back five yards. He would have had to kick the field goal, and the Chiefs would have had enough time to go down and, and win the game. So, you know, and it, it would have covered the three-and-a-half, too, I think, ultimately, unless they gave up a touchdown. So, I don't see those situations happening. And I think that if you make him play from behind Burrow and you force this offensive line to really have to pass protect, then I think it's going to be a real issue. I think he's going to have to make a mistake, and he's going to have to force the ball into some form of coverage. And they play so much man that they may have a chance to make a play on the ball. Now, if you're going to go over the interception prop of a half on Burrow, you got to pay 145 juice. For new betters, what does that mean? You lay out $1.45 to win a dollar. To make it easier, $145 bet brings you back 100 We transition to San Francisco at Los Angeles at SoFi, no conditions as far as the weather, Michael. Dominance on the 49ers' part. They're 6-0 and straight up and 5-1 and ATS their last six games against the Rams. Yet, we see it. The Rams are sitting there three and a half. The hook is there on the three, the most important betting number as far as the NFL, and a 45 and a half total. Let's jump into this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've been harping on Trent Williams, and everybody's monitoring the great left tackle's injury status, and he didn't play – in the last game, McKivitz that played left tackle for the 49ers, and they did a good job of protecting Jimmy Garoppolo from him hurting them. And then the right tackle, Compton, I thought played poorly last week, along with the right guard, uh, Brunskill. I mean, he did not play very well against the Packers. I mean, this offensive line last week did not play well. As much as Jimmy didn't play well in terms of throwing that red zone interception, he was under a lot of pressure. Rashard Gary was dominant in that game. And I think when you go back and watch this this game in in SoFi, the Rams were really getting after him. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo. But once they kind of got tired in the fourth quarter, once all of a sudden the second half came into play, then you saw the 49ers, you know, get going. They had eight first downs in the third quarter, eight first down, and the Rams had none. The Rams had none. And then they went into the fourth quarter. And they were able to convert four or five. They went into the fourth quarter. The Rams were able to get some first downs. They got seven. But the Niners were were really good again there, and they got six. So they were able to kind of get this game going. And when they took the ball over with a minute 27 to go in the game, at their own 12-yard line, at their own 12-yard line, Garoppolo made enough plays to get him down there and throw a pass to Jennings for a touchdown with Really, with, with enough time on the clock, perhaps with 26 seconds on the clock. Think about this, Patrick. They had 26 seconds left to go on the clock and two timeouts, and Stafford wasn't able to even get the ball close. He got sacked and then ran out. Yeah, and San Francisco came back from a 17-point deficit. Remember, Week 18, they needed to beat the Rams to get into the postseason. Everything was on the line, just as everything's on the line here. Now, you mentioned Stafford, who had struggled you know, final six games of the season. He's now 41 of 55 for 568, four touchdowns, no picks in the postseason this year. I'm curious if you see that translating. Played well in the first half in week 18. You mentioned not so much in the second half. Does this defense specifically of the 49ers pose a threat to Stafford? Man, they sacked him five times in the last game. They did a tremendous job on him, and they put a lot of pressure. They couldn't run the ball. I mean, this is a game where – you know, the Rams had control of the game. Even in the fourth quarter, they're up 24-17. They face a third and seven. 
and McVay decided to run Sonny Michelle instead of putting the ball in Stafford's hand to win the game. And the 49ers used their last timeout. And then they punted the ball to the 12-yard line. And you think, okay, no timeouts. You've got to go 88 yards to beat me or to tie the game. And they did. And they did. And so I think that they're going to put the ball. That'll change a little bit because they know at the end of the day, this defensive front is going to be really hard for Michelle or Akers to run the ball. That's the other prop I really like. I think Akers' total is 59.5 for rushing yards. Yes. And the last time, the last time these two teams played, the Rams ran for 64 total. 64 total was what they were. And, and that was a cup rush for 18 yards included in that. The two running backs had 27, 26 carries for 46 yards. Think about that. This defensive front dominated the Rams. They dominated the Rams. And the Rams were able to maximize that first half, get that lead to 17 to nothing. They were very fortuitous in that area. But I just think this is going to be a hard game for staff to play. Go ahead, Patrick. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Michael. I, I just, I'm so glad you brought up Acres because I want to throw that graphic that Stephen Bond has up there. You mentioned 59 and a half. We're using BetMGM's number. We've got the, his rush prop sitting at 61 and a half. But it's such a great illustration because you can find a 59 and a half, Michael. I just wanted to let the audience know shop for the best number because that's important. I love the 61 and a half. Of course, my man Russo gave me 59 and a half. You know, he cheated me out of two, four, <laughs> of two yards. I mean, well, you've God, learned by anything. now, of he'll course. Do to, he'll do anything to win. I mean, I'm convinced of that. He'll do anything to win. He tried to hoodwink I mean, his you. Glasses are all, his glasses are always dirty when he goes over the rankings. I mean, he just misses out on something all the time. But I like that one. I mean, look, when you watch the tape, it's, it's, it's obvious the 49ers gain control of the line of scrimmage. When you watch a football game, you know, you want to see if the defensive line, it's a little bit like, you know, battle battles, you know, who can get control of the enemy territory, right? When the offensive line is pushing the defensive line back, they're controlling enemy territory. When the defensive line is pushing the offensive back, they're controlling. In this game, it was clear the 49ers were pushing them back. Even when Whitworth was playing in that game, I mean, they were really good inside. And the inside players of this Rams offensive line are not the strength of their team by no means. This will be a challenge, and the 49ers, if they can play at that high level, the way Ryan's have them playing right now, for me, you know, I think it's really, really, I mean, for D'Amico Ryan's, and I know he's a young coach, and this is his first time as a defense coordinator, but I've been so impressed with his ability to really get this defensive front to play at a high level, to adapt during the game. He did things that Salai never did. He did things that Salai, and Salai became a head coach because he was such a good cheerleader on the sidelines and, and the, the networks couldn't wait to show him yelling, you know, and this guy's done a really good job. And for, for him not to be under consideration or to have three interviews like Jonathan Gannon does with the Eagles is just blows me away. But once again, the hiring practices in the national football league continue to blow me away. Okay. Now we mentioned Stafford and you mentioned he was sacked five times week 18. Here's Matthew Stafford talking about that last game and the keys to victory coming up tomorrow. No, I think we just got to go out there and play good football. You know, um, we had our chances last time we played them to win the game, whether it was a, you know, four-minute situation for us on offense, a two-minute situation on defense, and then we still had a shot in overtime as well. So, you know, it, it's a really good football team. It's two really good football teams going after each other. Um, you know, seeing each other twice this year, going to see each other for a third time. Um, not a bunch of secrets, just who can step up to the plate and make the plays when we need to make them. So when he beat Arizona, they said, Monkey's not off his back yet as far as postseason success. When he beat Tom Brady down in Tampa, all of a sudden Matthew Stafford got the respect he yeah. deserves. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, look, that Buck defense didn't play. I mean, he was good in that game. They didn't run, and they didn't rush him in SoFi in Week Three, and they really didn't pressure him down in Tampa in in, in the divisional round. I mean, if you were going to say what happened to the Buck defense, is their defensive front no longer controlled the game? We knew their secondary was the liability. We knew you could go after Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean. You knew that going into the game. But what, what you weren't counting on is their inability to rush Stafford and never make him play under pressure. You know, the bad snap wasn't his fault. It was the center's fault. But I think that's the issue. And this week, I think he will be under pressure. Okay. One half of odds on Mike Palm's going to join us next here oh, on boy. the Lombardi line. It's, <laughs> of course, presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Come on back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Express Bet. Analyst Jeff Siegel's got picks today. Santa Anita. They're running all over the place. Race three, he has the seven. Rocky Gibraltar at two to one on the morning line. Race eight, Jeff Siegel likes the two horse essential Wagner. On top at five to two, you can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred horse racing bet here at VSIN. This winner's hottest horse race, the $3 million Pegasus World Cup, which we discussed earlier, is today at Gulfstream Park. Sign up today with our friends' benefit here. First Bet using the promo code Vegas25. Get 25 bucks instantly. Go to vsin.com slash horses. That's vsin.com slash horses. Horses. Okay, we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher, and joining us in studio, it's a treat, Mike Palm, one half Always. of Odds On. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Michael. Michael, I woke up this morning, and I turned on the Weather Channel to catch Jim Cantori and saw the situation you're in up there. I, I thought of the Seinfeld episode, Rochelle, Rochelle, about the, the young woman's <laughs> journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> It's so true. It's so it's Minsk. I've been tweeting out to everybody. It's in Minsk. When I was in Cleveland, you know, I would keep track of the weather in Minsk compared to Cleveland weather. And it seemed to be the same exact every single day, winter, summer, spring and fall. So now in Ocean City, New Jersey, it seems like I'm living back in Minsk. I mean, it, it looks a little Siberian out there. I'll be honest with you. Do you miss 
from your days living in the Midwest? Do you miss the weather? Miss the seasons. You do? Our seasons are so short here. You miss we, the fall. We get a month of spring, a month of fall. The foliage. The long summer. Yeah, I do. I miss the changing of the colors. I miss shoveling snow. I do. You just the Wait, seasons. did you just say you miss shoveling yeah. snow? Yes. No, you don't. No, because there's a sense of accomplishment with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That is, that is very well put. Uh, what are you ruminating on these days? What's going on? Oh, it's an interesting weekend here. I think, Michael, you could argue that the game's three top play callers in Andy Reid, Sean McVay, and Shanahan are all in uh, the final four here with all apologies to uh, Holy Spirit of Seek and Greg, Greg Roman. But uh, it's, it's, <laughs> And then the other thing, Michael, I think it's not being mentioned enough the fact that this is the fourth straight year of the AFC Championship Games at Arrowhead. What an accomplishment that is for Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and that team. Remember in the Bills' run uh, late late 80s into the early 90s of four, that third year following the 92 season, they were in that wild card game uh, against Houston that they rallied in with Frank Reich. The AFC Championship game that year was at Joe Robbie. They went to Pittsburgh, who was the one seed the next week and won, and then they went to Miami, who was the two seed in the AFC Championship game and won, and then got slaughtered by the Cowboys in the Rose Bowl. Ernest Gibbons. You know, as I go through, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. you know, Mike, go, Patch. Uh, as I go through this book on the Hall of Fame and I study these coaches, the the fact that to get to the conference championship game, poor John Madden, he gets so much criticism because he had all these Hall of Famers and he wasn't able to win more than one title. You know, all the guys that vote for the Hall of Fame. That's why I think it took 26 years, but. To get to a conference championship game, to me, is an incredible achievement, an incredible achievement to be in the final four. We talk about the final four in college basketball, and yet we never talk about the final four in, in, in football because, you know, I know there's 64 teams that start off the process in college basketball, but it's challenging to get to the final four. And the fact that he's been able to do it four times in a row when Warren Moon, who the quarterback of the Houston Oilers, only did it once to me and some of these other coaches, Dick Vermeil is 52 win percentage. It's really remarkable. And to host the game, hosting the game is even more remarkable. Mike Palm, your overview on the two tomorrow. Seven, the hook's gone here in town at the Beau Rivage. They got seven and a half on Kansas City. Surprises me because where's all the borough love down there? On the Golf Coast, yeah, right? they got a lot of liability on them winning at yeah. all. They, they bet him in the futures, but not not against Pat not against, Mahomes. Yes. I, Michael, I made the number on the my number on this game's eight and a half. My number on the Rams game is two, so that's, that doesn't really trigger a bet for me. I chose to attack it through teasers. I teased, I took a six and a half point teaser. The Chiefs down to a half, and the Rams up to ten. I thought that was the best way to play it here. Look. It's, you, you've taught me many things through the years, Michael, and, and taught the VEASAN listeners, the betters, and in a way, America. And one of the things, as you've always said, is bad lines don't travel. This is a bad pass-blocking offensive line. The Bengals knew it. They chose to ja- draft Chase instead of Sewell, and I don't know if they're here without Chase anyhow. But we talk about Burrow getting sacked nine times in Tennessee. He got sacked 11 times. Two of them didn't count. One was a timeout, no yeah. one heard the whistle, and one was a delay of game, no one heard the whistle, right? So they sacked him 11 times. Also remarkable is the fact the guy never fumbles. He gets yeah, hit that, and hit I and agree. hit, and he never fumbles the football. But I don't think you can take a bad offensive line into Arrowhead and win this game. I, I, to me, I would be shocked if we're sitting here at 3.30 watching the NFC Championship game thinking one of those, these two teams is going to play the Bengals. I just think this would be, even though the line's seven, a monumental upset if, if the Bengals won the game. 
really is. I mean, when you go back to some of these Super Bowls, I think the Patriots' first Super Bowl, they were 14-point dogs to the Rams. The fact that the Bengals, I think, aren't a little bit more of a dog. I know they beat them early, but I'm with you. I mean, the right tackle, Prince, you know, he's a backup. He's filling in. He's really not a good player. He lines up in the back. You could call him for illegal formation almost every single play. Span, the left guard, is is really the weak link of the whole line, and he gets pushed back. And the strength of this chief defense is their ability to rush. And I'm with you. I just don't see it. I think they've been fortunate. They were fortunate to beat the Raiders. They were just really fortunate. If the Raiders would have continued to run the ball, averaging 6-4 a carry, and put the ball in Jacobs' hands more than 13 times, I think they win that game. And then Tennessee did everything in their power to lose the game. They turned the ball over four times if you count the turnover on downs. And it was a barrel, and it was a, a win by three points by Cincinnati. This is a level up on the road with crowd noise and a, and a festive environment. I mean, even their good players, the first round pick Williams from Alabama, he's not even a, I would not say he's an above the line left tackle in the National Football League. So you're weak at the tackles. You're weak inside. I know you've got Chase, and I know you can throw the ball to him, but at some point you're going to have to protect your quarterback. You know, Michael, let's not forget that that just three weeks ago in that game in Cincinnati, this was 28-17 Chiefs at halftime. The Chiefs went up and down the field, four straight touchdowns in the first half, and then Zach Taylor slowed the game down. There were only six possessions in the second half of that game with uh, Cincinnati coming out on top 34-31. Since uh, uh, Kansas City failed to convert two third downs and kicked a field goal on one drive and that was it. I mean he's got to try to play the same formula in Arrowhead and so I lean a bit under to this game only because Zach Taylor cannot get into a track meet here because he'll get sacked too many times and if you want to give Pat Mahomes 11 possessions you're not winning this game. And, and quickly, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And Go quick, ahead, quick, good point by uh, Mike Palm here about the tease. A standard tease six but you can pay a little extra for six and a half so you take San Francisco up to the ten the key number there. Let's get to that game. San Francisco three and a half. Are you surprised the hook's still there? I'm surprised. I thought this game has to be three. I mean, this is truly a neutral court game, right? It's a neutral site game. There's going to be more 49ers fans there. They said, Rams said, well, we're only going to sell the people in these counties. Forget about it. The ticket brokers have all the tickets and they're selling them to the yeah. 49ers fans. The Rams had to go silent count in the second half of the game in week 18 because the 49ers fans were making so much money. So this is purely a, a neutral site game, but I got to tell you, Michael, and having watched the playoffs, to me, the Rams look like the best team in football, the most balanced team. They should have beaten Tampa Bay by four scores. They could have scored 50 in that game. They have three fumbles. They try to run. They did everything they could to let Tom Brady back in the game. Uh, and one thing that Iston also said, and I, I, I know you're a big Tom Brady fan, not as big as them all, but look, he mismanaged the clock. He snapped the ball twice with over 25 on the play clock on that last drive inside the two-minute warning. They didn't have to leave the Rams any time. They left them 42 seconds. They could have left them 10 seconds. I won't let Todd Bowles off the hook for letting Cooper Cup get 62 yards on two plays with no timeouts, but they should have never had that opportunity. That game should have went to overtime. I, I, I don't disagree at all, and I think you're absolutely correct. I think the way the Rams have played defense in the last two weeks, especially the resurgence of Von Miller with Leonard Floyd and Donald inside, I think they look like the best team. I really do. And their offensive line blocked Tampa better than they had. I've seen them. They did in week three, and they did last week. And so, to me, you know, the only way they lose this game is if Stafford is sack, strip, fumble. And I think you got to break the game down. Both are good play callers. And the difference in the game is Stafford's better than Garoppolo. 
I, I like this game over. I know the money's come in on the under. It's come down a point. There's a prop, Michael. Which championship game will have more points? I think you take a shot at the NFC championship game at plus 175 having more points because I think both offenses will be able to move the ball. I think the 49ers can run the ball against the Rams. The Rams play less than the players in the box than anybody else in football. That's why they've had success against them. Remember the first game at Levi Stadium? The Rams had 27 plays on first down, and they ran the ball 25 times. I mean, I'm sorry, the 49ers. I, I said it the opposite way. They were able to line up and just run the ball on a first down. So I, I don't think it's a great matchup for the, for the Rams' defense, and I think both teams are playing at a high level on offense right now. No doubt. I, I agree with you. And I think that the one thing I think the Rams will not do in this game is I think they will throw it to run it. Last time they tried to run it to throw it. I think they'll throw it to run it this week. From one luminary to another, Mike Palm to Thomas Gable next. Any thoughts? Oh, Thomas Gable is the best. This, this guy's, I just wish he'd get an updated picture for when he does the, does the call-ins uh, on these games. I, I heard Carl Johnson mention um, they have the liability to Cincinnati. Our liability is all on the Rams because all those Michiganders that love Derek, Thank you. they bet him as soon as they got Stafford. That's Absolutely. The, that, that, that's the Stafford hedge <laughs> right there. Mike Palm, odds on Monday through Friday. Thank you, buddy. Good Thanks, to see guys. you. Any babies Thank yet? You so much, Mike. She's scheduled to be induced on the 7th. Yeah, well, it's called good planning. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, so Mike Palm's sticking around because he wants to talk to Thomas Gable, but this is an important time to tell you, Mike Palm, we've got our big game coverage coming up. I know you and Amal, odds on, are very excited about the 56 hours of free video coverage. Amal feels it's not enough. He's pushing for expanded hours. How many hours in a day? <laughs> uh, sixth annual live big game betcast as well. It's the biggest game of the year. So join us here at vsin, vsin.com, betting experts during... And after the game, are you going to be involved in the Super Bowl broadcast? Well, last year we did a pregame hit, and then we did the, the first five minutes or eight minutes of the halftime show from right above Stadium Swim there. It looked incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay, we welcome you back. I'm Michael yeah, Lombardi. Before, yeah. Well, I'll ask Mike. Let's bring Thomas in. Give him that because I was going to ask Mike a question, but go ahead. Bring yeah, Thomas no, in. Thomas Gable, of course, runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. I thought it'd be good to have TG along with another bookmaking luminary in our buddy <laughs> over here to my right, to your left, as we say hi to Thomas Gable. Thomas, how you doing out there at the Borgata with the weather, man? I'm, I'm here. I've been here since uh, yesterday morning, staying at the Water Club, and I'll be here through. Uh, I guess tomorrow evening after we get the Super Bowl lineup, I'll, I'll, I'll head home and uh, dig myself, dig my driveway out, I guess, at that point. Yeah, Thomas, when I worked at the Borgata there that year that it opened, you know, we lived on Brigantine there, which is actually the windiest city in America, not Chicago. But we, we you know, when the snow was forecast, yeah. we would say we got to get to work early, even if it was six or eight hours, because the snow would close that bridge and then we wouldn't be, be able to get over from Brigantine. So I know what you're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely, and that's actually where where I reside is Brigantine. So I don't want to chance it with if they close that bridge because that's the only way in and out. You had the English pronunciation, Brigantine. He said yeah. Brigantine. <laughs> I didn't know the crown was stopping by today. Okay, let's. So we're seven and a half at the Beau Rivage. We're seven pretty much every we're here in town with the Chiefs laying it. How about at the Borgata, Thomas Gable? Yeah, we're also seven and a half even money here on the Chiefs. Uh, game opened seven, and we've been at seven and a half 
most of the time, actually. I, we we moved to seven and a half very quickly and have uh, remained there, just moved the juice around a little bit. Uh, but um, right now, the, the ticket count certainly um, favors the Chiefs uh, and uh, both favorites in, in both of these games. Uh, the total there has ticked up a point from where we opened at 53-and-a-half. It's now sitting at 54-and-a-half. Uh, not much of a decision currently uh, on the uh, on the total in this game, but uh, we'll see how it goes, uh, especially tomorrow. We know most of the handle is going to arrive the day of. But uh, right now, certainly the ticket count uh, in favor of the Chiefs here. And, and where, where are you on the under, under over, Thomas? Uh, totals currently fifty four and a half. Uh, no real decision right now on that. Um, the um, actually we're in pretty good shape. We somebody came in last night before the storm hit and uh, put down a hundred thousand on the on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl here plus one twenty. So we're actually looking at the uh, the Super Bowl odds and our, our future market there for Super Bowl. We're in good shape on all four teams. Um, in a very nice spot as we sit here, but uh, in terms of the conference futures, uh, we actually this is uh, we have a lot of liability on on Cincinnati in the um, in the conference futures. Just to talk about that money line bet, you're not going to get Kansas City a favorite obviously tomorrow, and you're not going to get them a favorite in the Super Bowl. So the plus one twenty for the hundred thousand dollar better. Yeah, but we love it uh, when they bet the shortest price, though. That's usually good for the for the for the for the future book. It would help us too because our Absolutely. liability is to the rant. To Thomas's point, we have a little bit of liability on the Bengals uh, and the AFC, but it's not bad. And and so we're sitting in a good position. Um, I think the best result for us would have been if Green Bay actually would have won the Super Bowl. Would have been our best future book. Result. How about you, Thomas? The the Stafford money and the Rams over at Circa. We just talked to obviously our buddy Carl Johnson. He said the Bengals are his liability. How about there in Jersey? So the um, the the Niners and Rams. We when we opened this up at three and a half, we, we had a, a professional better come in right right at Sunday night. As soon as the line went up and uh, put down a counter limit bet of thirty thousand, we opened the, the limits at thirty thousand on the game last Sunday. And uh, bet the Niners took the three and a half, and it's it's remained three and a half. We, Niner money has been strong here, but again, the public's been uh, been laying it with the with the Rams. I'll tell you where our bigger decision in in this game is going to be on the total. This total has already dropped two points from where we opened it, forty-seven and a half. It's now down to forty-five and a half, and we have a lot of liability here on the under. Wow, I, I mean the Niners probably want that under. They got to pace the game, and and they've got to be. They they don't want to get in a track meet with them, particularly if Trent Williams doesn't play. But look, look, I, I do think this. You know, Garoppolo has played well against this team. Stafford played well in the first half. I think the 49ers know they can throw the ball in the Rams secondary, avoiding Jalen Ramsey. I didn't realize that you worked out at the Borgata there. Mike Palm, you know, at, at the beginning, and I don't know, Thomas, I haven't been back since 2004, but I was there in 0304. The, the poker room, I worked in the poker room, the poker room and, and the race book right there on the bottom level of the Borgata. So Thomas and I probably mm -hmm. passed each other uh, on many occasions. I just didn't know him then. But what a beautiful man. It's a great. And also that that casino is beautiful. Uh, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. We actually yeah. um, 
Yeah, we actually moved the, the poker room and, and the race book both moved upstairs, I think, in 06 when we did the expansion here. But uh, I know exactly where Mike uh, is talking about, and there's actually a plaque uh, with Mike Palm's uh, face on it down there where the poker room used to, used to reside. <laughs> Hopefully well an updated should. picture. And well, they should. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, maybe I could send a picture from 2003 like Thomas is using right now. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, Mike, gets, you know, Mike Paul, he gets stuck on things, Thomas. Do you want to clear up the controversy I, with the picture? I, I Listen, I, I know Mike has been beating this drum for a long time, and I've attempted to do this. And this goes back to when Stephanie was the producer on the Lombardi line. All right, and please. I sent her an updated photo, and Stephanie's response was Mike Palm does not run the network, and she would not accept it. Yeah, I believe that, 100 percent. She used to make me stand over by the poker table for five minutes. Any response? Well, look, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if 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 that what the policy is, but Thomas isn't the worst offender. I finally got Bruce Marshall to admit the picture he uses is from '91. Michael, you have thoughts on uh, picture gate here going on in Lombardi? I love that. I, I mean, I think '91 is going back a little bit. I mean, I mean, I think I think you're really cheating. And I mean, look, I'd like to use my Valley Forge Military Academy picture if I could, but I can't. You know. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Thomas Gable is a college basketball expert. I'm sure you knew this, Mike Palm, mm -hmm. and his Des Moines specials have been killing it. We've got a beautiful graphic. He's eight and two on the year. And uh, we're going to shout to Dan Marley. We're going to go <laughs> Grand Canyon and New Mexico State today for the Des Moines special, Thomas Gable. Which way are you going here? Yeah, so uh, last season, Grand Canyon won both meetings between these schools, uh, including the conference championship game. And Grand Canyon, they've, they've lost their last two in the WAC. They, they don't have a lot of offensive scoring depth outside their leading score there. But where Grand Canyon excels is on the defensive end. They're holding teams only 25.2% from three, which is actually the best mark in the country. And they also rebound very, very well. They, they lead the WAC in offensive rebounds, and they're 11th nationally in overall rebounding. So they do a lot of good things here, just not necessarily scoring, but certainly on the defensive end and on the glass, they can get after it. I think this game is going to be close. Right now we have the line New Mexico State favored by 5.5, and, and the total is 134.5. I'm going to lean on the under here, but I'm also going to take the 5.5 here with Grand Canyon. Wow. Is it, wasn't Grand Canyon in the – didn't they do a good job? They made the playoffs. They were in the 64 last year, right, Thomas? Yes, yes. And they they, they, uh, they, they they have like they a rave. Their, uh, they, they won their conference championship. They game, did, yeah. and they have a rave. When you go to a game there at Grand Canyon, it's like uh, it's like a rave, like you used to go to back in the day, Mike Palm. Yeah, many of them. Thomas, let me ask you a question about a game that uh, certainly a lot of people will be focused on. Maybe everybody in the state of Texas at the Irwin Center this afternoon. Rick Barnes returns to Texas where they ran him out. 400 wins wasn't good enough. A Final Four wasn't good enough. They wanted Shaka Zulu Smart to come in, and where's it gotten him? But it I, I, you know, this line is three and a half. You know the volunteers are going to be ready for this game. Any thoughts, Thomas? No, but let me, let me say this, Mike, uh, about, uh, about Texas. Um, they... Um, Certainly, I think did extremely, extremely well in the off season. I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, they they did great in the uh, in the transfer portal. I thought. Um, listen, I make this game about a four point game. So yeah, it's. Uh, 
I, I really would be a stay away for me because I make this about a four-point game, but I, I can see where you're going with it. Have you decided to dismiss Patrick Ewing at Georgetown yet, or are you sticking with him? Uh, I'm a little worried there, and uh, I think uh, certainly the uh, the backers of that program are, are getting uh, are getting anxious. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Patrick's time is coming to an end there on the hilltop or not. We'll see. They have a game against Butler today. Uh, I think, you know, with the start that they've had in the Big East, this is their worst start ever, and uh, they could certainly uh, end up here going uh, – another loss here against Butler. So it's a tough go for Georgetown. You can't get the penthouse suite at the Borgata because Thomas Gable is currently residing there. Thomas, good luck today. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, you. Thomas. There All right. Thank you, guys. TG, Thomas Gable. We continue. Lombardi Line. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Bet MGM welcomes you in with a special offer on the last Pro Football Round. Before the big game, simply place a $10 money line wager on either game. If any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. So just use that bonus code VSEN200. And make sure your bet is placed there at BetMGM. Also, enjoy the playoffs. And when you do, earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use that bonus code VEASAN200. So for new bettors, this is new bettors and free, paid for and free bets. You bet 10 bucks on a game tomorrow. Anybody scores a touchdown, you win 200 paid for and free bets. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. We got you back. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I want to thank Mike Palm for stopping by. Also, nice to have yeah. he and Thomas Gable on at the same time going back and forth. M- Michael, Jason for I'm sure you saw this, is reporting that Tom Brady is telling his closest circle that he's going to announce his retirement in the coming days. Um, speculation at this point, but just wanted to get a reaction from you. Uh, is he going to announce his retirement or is he going to announce the decision? I, I, I wasn't sure how to read that. That's uh, true. That's a good to, point. <laughs> you know, and so, again, you know, this decision that, uh, you know, look, as I've said this, and I've said this on Christopher Russo, and I think I've said it here on our show, is, you know, for Brady to say he's coming back, 
it's an all-in commitment. It isn't just, okay, I'm going to do the Ben Roethlisberger trick and, you know, start getting ready in May and see how it goes. You know, this is about, I got to get back from Costa Rica. I've got to get into the gym. I've got to plan my day. I got to go to bed at eight o'clock. You know, I mean, this is a true, true, complete commitment because he doesn't just go from the top of the mountain down to base camp at a thousand feet below. He goes all the way down and has to reclimb again. And I think in that reclimb, that ability to commit to the off season, to commit to all the things he has to, I think is going to be troublesome for him and particularly for his family, because he's got to give up a lot. You know, he's got to give up a lot. He's not picking the kids up at school, you know, when he's training in the off season. I mean, it's a total, it's a total complete all in. And I think when he goes, uh, even in the summer, when they go to Montana, he flies guys into Montana to throw with them during the week. So even when he's in Costa Rica, he's got people down there with them. So, I do think that that has to weigh on him. I'm not, I don't know what his decision will be. I can't say he's going to retire, but I can say he signed a two-year contract originally, and that had to tell you that that was going to be his commitment for two more years, whether he worked that out with his, with his wife before and he got two more years or not. But the one thing we know, Patrick, he doesn't need any more Super Bowls to validate a career. No. No. And just to clarify, Lachlan Four is saying that he's telling people close to him that he's going to retire. But to your point, as far as the verbiage, he's going to announce his retirement decision. That's imminent. So whether it's a retirement or continuing to play, we shall see. We're going to find out soon. I, I don't think it's posturing, like you said, as far as he's been very adamant about his wife wanting him to step away and spend time with the family. Like you, you and I discussed yesterday, it doesn't feel like posturing from Team Brady here. No. No, I think it's for sure he's concerned about the commitment. And like I said, he originally, he and his agent, Don Yee, they signed a two-year contract. I'm sure if he would have said to the Bucks, look, I want a three-year contract, he, they would have given him a three-year contract. He said a two-year. Now, he, they extended the contract further years only because of the cap. And then if Brady is to retire, and if Jacksonville decides to hire Leftwich, which the problem down there, obviously, is Leftwich's inability to want to work with Trent Falke. You know, that's been the sticking point. Everybody in the league knows it. Leftwich wants somebody in the front office that he believes in. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are saying, look, we believe in Balky. So however that works out. But if, say, what Leftwich does go to Jacksonville, and then let's say, you know, that Brady does retire. I mean, where are you if you're Bruce Arians? Are you sure you want to come back? You're just going to go through Achilles surgery. You've got to have a tough offseason. you got Blaine Gabbert and you got Kyle Trask as your quarterbacks. I mean, this is a challenge. I mean, look. I think one of the determining factors to Brian Dayball not wanting to wait around for Miami is that he took the first job that offered. That's true. But the Giants are in a better position than if you go to the AFC. If Josh McDaniels takes the job in Las Vegas, you're competing against Mahomes and Herbert, potentially Rodgers to Denver. You're also competing against Burrow. You're also competing against other good quarterbacks. The AFC is really talented. The NFC, you know, if Rodgers vacates Green Bay, where are you? You know, Kirk Cousins, you know, you know, that's not going to get it. You've got the West. That's really good. Right. But Stafford's an older player. They're talking about getting rid of Jimmy G, you know, Russell Wilson's an older player. Even now, I mean, Philadelphia, you got Jalen hurts, Dak Prescott. I mean, it's not really, you're not looking at like, Oh my gosh. Whereas the AFC, I didn't even mention Lamar Jackson, the MVP of 2019 in that conversation. So the NFC seems to be a little down, which lends itself to to the, the transitionary state, which I think is one of the reasons why the Giants were able to beat the Miami Dolphins for Dayball. I should follow up 
you know the public has a voracious appetite for Aaron Rodgers news. Hackett most originally thought as soon as they saw the news, Hackett, the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, headed to... Uh, of course, Denver now, he, he has lauded, Rodgers has lauded Hackett. Do you connect the dots at all? I don't because I asked the general manager in the league yesterday, can Rodgers just simply walk away from the Packers? And he answered me, no, no. The Packers have control of this. So it's going to come down to the highest bidder. It's going to come down to the contract. And all the, all the conversation about, well, Devontae Adams is going to be in Denver and so is Rodgers. I mean, does anybody follow the finances of it all? The Packers will franchise Devontae Adams. They're just going to let an asset walk out their building, especially an asset that's significant. Now, there's rumors she wants $30 million a year. You know, that would be significantly above. And I've heard going back to last year, before he played this year, I heard he was looking in the $25 million a year range. So I know he has aspirations to be the highest paid receiver by a lot, by a lot. Now, somebody's got to be willing to do that. These guys don't work for free. And Rodgers is going to want a new contract. How does that all fit within the salary structure of Denver? I think it's challenging. I, you brought up Jacksonville. I, it's, it's one that I neglected to ask you. I don't know why I didn't when we were talking about the head coaching earlier. So you believe it could be Leftwich if Leftwich gets what he wants, and that is to replace Balky. Or, or at least have somebody in the building like Adrian Wilson or Shelton Quarles that he believes in. And, you know, from and Jacksonville's telling people, look, we we stuck Balky with this mess. We made a huge mistake with Urban Meyer. It's not fair for us to fire Balky. But they were told by many agents through the process that even though they may like Balky and Balky may be really good, it's going to prevent them from getting the best coach that they can because the people that don't know Balky are not going to work with them. It would be no different if I were there. You know, it's like you have to find somebody that you have a commonality with. That's why they brought Vic Fangio back in to to interview him as a head coach, even though we know Vic Fangio is going to be a really good coordinator somewhere, but not a head coach. Okay, you're just uh, two and a half minutes away from getting the sled out. You and Millie can go hit yeah. the hills there and, and t t do some sledding. Patrick, you can't even see out the window. The snow's blowing, so I'm not going anywhere. I mean, it, going upstairs in this house is going to be the biggest challenge for me today. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, this is it, you know, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bunker in and, and just enjoy the day. I'm going to enjoy the moment, Patrick. Now, will this, How about you? What do you got planned? Well, I wanted to follow. Will this continue to tomorrow? Like, are you going to – is this going to continue overnight into tomorrow? If it is, it's going to be nuts. I I think what it's supposed to stop at four today. I think what Mike Palm said is it, what people don't realize is we are on barrier beaches. We're on islands. And to get over these bridges to go to the next barrier beach, which is what what, what I must be required to do to get to the Borgata, may still be a challenge sometime tomorrow morning. But I think tomorrow at least I can get back to my main office in Ocean City, which is what I think I should plan to do. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to shovel when I get home here in just about 15 minutes. <laughs> Won't take long, I can tell you that. Uh, we'll shovel the pool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, quickly on seven. So you and I will be sitting here 24 hours from now. Do you think it's going to be still sitting seven, or you think Kansas City will jump to seven and a half? I think it's going to go to seven and a half. I really do. And I think that Ram number is going to have to go down to three. I think there's a lot of people that are waiting for that Ram number to go to three to jump on it. I think that's why the book doesn't want to do it. I think the, there's a lot of people that handicap games that really believe the Rams, as Mike Palm said, are the more talented team playing the best, especially the way they played defense the last two weeks. You know, so I think that that even though they haven't been able to beat the 49ers in five games, they feel like this could be their moment. 
And look, this could be the second year in a row. We're going to get a host city uh, and a home team to play in their own stadium. Now, Mike Palm is absolutely correct. This will not be a home field advantage. There's no chance for that. This will not be. I mean, there'll be 49er fans. When you watch the tape of the game, you see more red than blue in that stadium in week 18. Well, you saw Sean McVay is begging Rams fans not to sell their tickets to 49er fans because they can get such a markup had, in, the, uh, in the secondary market. Had the, Raiders gone, had the Raiders gone there, it would have been silver and black into the entire building. <laughs> you would have had to go back with one of your Raiders jerseys, huh? Yeah, exactly. No doubt. No <laughs> well, doubt. enjoy it. Stay warm, Michael, and we're going to be back at it tomorrow, okay? Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. I'm glad it worked out today, you know, from the home office. Hey, perfect connection as well. Ashley Mayu, thank you. I want to thank Mike Palm. I want to thank Carl Johnson. Who else am I missing? Thomas Gable? Yeah, I think that's it. Femi and Amal are coming up next. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.